0: God bless you, this is apostle Anthony Wilson, and you're listening to Love Thy Neighbor. Today, we're going to dive deeper into the wisdom of God, and we're going to talk about how the wisdom of God destroys the wisdom of man. God's wisdom is so um, it, it's so far beyond um, our ability to conceive or understand. That it takes us reaching out to God and receiving from God an understanding of the things that he wants us to see. Um, Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter one. In verse 16, he prayed for the people to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's what we need is the spirit of wisdom and revelation in order to understand these hidden mysteries, these secrets that can only be known uh, through God revealing them. And today we're going to talk about how the the cross is foolishness and what that means as it relates to our ability to receive wisdom from God that contradicts the wisdom of man, the wisdom of man. Is totally different. It's not even opposite. It's just different. It's completely different. And the things that God wants us to do as a people, we're going to need his wisdom because his wisdom is going to defy the wisdom of men, the wisdom of the masses, the wisdom of the media, the wisdom of this world. And so get ready as we dive into how the wisdom of God destroys the wisdom of men. Today on Love Thy Neighbor. I'll be right back after these messages. I'm concerned that people today don't know who God is. They do not know God because they rejected Jesus Christ the Son and they stand condemned. Do you think that's respectful of other religions? Senator, I'm a Christian. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You know, people say, like, when did you lose your faith? I'm like, it started 15 minutes after I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Immediately encountered stuff in Scripture that I was like, that makes no sense to me. It's a generation of people who were not taught Scripture, and so they were pretty quick to throw it out. Christ died for our sins. How does that work exactly? Like, by what cosmic mechanism. Does the death of Jesus take care of your personal sins? Jesus was volunteering to drink the cup of God's wrath. That turns God into some kind of like divine child abuser. Does God really love me or has he simply been paid off? The Bible is so helpful to us if we just read it, you know. We're going to read things that offend our sensibilities. Did God kill Jesus? Yes. I don't think God killed Jesus. You cannot read the Gospels and think that. And how could that ever be good news? And this is the dilemma of the American pulpit. We've got a God of wrath versus a God of love. And I was watching a lot of my friends reject the Christianity they grew up with. If there is any other way to get around a fiery, eternal pit, Why would we not be open to that idea? This creates a basis for what I'd call a natural religion and a universal religion. Like, why would you want to worship a God if you could imagine a better God? We are saved from God Himself. That's not the God I worship, that's not the God of the Bible. When I survey. Cross. This is the doctrine of Christianity. This is the doctrine that separates Christianity from every other religion in the world. Did Jesus go to the cross unwillingly? No. God bless you. Welcome back to Love Thy Neighbor. The clip that you just heard was from the American Gospel Part 2, Christ Crucified. Um, I can't wait to to watch it and see it and break it down. Um, Definitely some concepts in there that are so important because the gospel itself is really about one major, major thing. And it's the cross. The cross is the foundation of the gospel. Uh, Jesus dying on the cross pays the debt that we owe to God. Jesus rising from the grave opens the door for us to live new life by Christ defeating death. He then defeats it for all of us. And it's an important concept, but it's a concept that has to be received. By faith, it's almost as if we just try to figure out what God is doing and say, "Okay, well, here, here, here's what I think God is doing." That we're gonna miss it. Whereas, when we trust in what God has said, it makes more sense. I mean, Colossians uh, reads this way in verse eighteen of chapter one. He says, um, "And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead." That in all things he may have preeminence. In all things, in the previous verses, it talks about how he has dominion over everything. He's more powerful than everything. Everything's been placed under his feet, even the church, but even death itself, he has to have preeminence even in death. That he is the first, he is the foremost, he's the one who opens the door, who makes the way. And this idea of the cross. This idea of Jesus dying for our sins um, is foolishness, as you as you heard in the video, that there are people that are like, what is this mess? This is this. This just doesn't make any sense. And that's what Scripture says. That's exactly what the word of God says in First Corinthians, chapter one, starting at verse 18. It says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is the power of God for it is written. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing. The understanding of the prudent. And this is, uh, Paul quoting from Isaiah chapter 29 and verse 14. He he quotes Isaiah, uh, because he wants us to see that the prophet understood That there were people in his time and then Paul sees those same type of people in his day. And guess what? There's those same type of people in our day. That no matter what time frame it is, there are those who see the cross as foolishness. Now, I want you to understand this because the same people that see the cross as foolishness. We run to those people as sources of wisdom. We run to them, those people To get counsel, to get understanding, to get uh, uh, um, taught. And it's like, wait a minute. The people who see what is the power of God that saves us. They see it as foolishness, that it doesn't make any sense. Verse 20 says, where is the wise? Where's the scribes? Where are the disputers of the age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? The fact that God was able to forgive our sins through Jesus death means that he defies the logic, the intelligence, the knowledge, the understanding of the wise of this world. And we've got to understand in daily life, there are things that that God is going to ask of us, God is going to show us, God is going to lead us to do that are going to defy the wisdom of this world. So often we're afraid to go against the wisdom of this world. We're afraid to go against the current. You know, even in uh, some of you are out there that that listen, uh, you're doing music, you're doing books, you're doing ministry, um, you're doing business, you're doing all different types of things. And you're looking at what the world does and you're saying that's got to be the blueprint because that's how the world is doing it. But I say to you that God's wisdom is greater than the wisdom of this world. God's wisdom can destroy the algorithm. God's wisdom can go against the analytics. God's wisdom uh, is far beyond the wisdom of this world. Verse 21, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message of preaching to save those who believe this message of preaching. When it is preached correctly, it seems like it has no benefit to people. The wisdom of this world is always going to be about the benefit. It's always going to be about what's convenient, what's comfortable and what benefits humanity, what benefits people. Whereas God's wisdom is always going to be bigger than that. God's wisdom is always going to lead us towards eternity not just benefiting humanity. And it's so often that we lean towards the wisdom that gives us self-gratification, self-gratification, the wisdom that gives us pleasure, the wisdom that gives us comfort or convenience, the wisdom that allows us to have the riches of this world or accomplish the goals of this world, not the wisdom that was hidden, the wisdom that this world could not even see <laughs> the wisdom that this world says that ain't wisdom. That's foolishness. That, that, that's the kind of wisdom that breaks the rules of the world that breaks through. And that's why we can't be so caught up in doing things the way the world does them, even if it does work. Ouch. Even if it does work, because at the end of the day, our goals are different. Our goal, our goals are different. Our goal is to see people saved for all eternity. The goal of this world is to have a little money to build up their material wealth, to get the best out of this world and hope that that's being a good person will get them into heaven. Hope that being a good person will get them into the presence of God. If there is a God, if they even believe that there is a God, the Bible is clear in Psalms 14 that the fool says in his heart, there is no God because the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. But the wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. And so God ends up hiding himself from those in the world that think they know. In John chapter nine, um, I believe it's verse uh, 40 through 42. Jesus said, I came so that those who can see would be blind and those who were blind would then see the Pharisees heard him say this. And he says, wait, wait," they say, wait a minute. Are you talking about us? (laughs) And he said, well, if the shoe fits, because Jesus goal in coming is to take those who are forsaken, who are lost, who are left out, who who, who have uh, no hope in this world, who have not put stock in this world uh, to take them and give them something beyond this world. Whereas the people who are putting everything, all of their emphasis, all of their, all of their intellect, all of their skill, all of their talent into making something in this world, they're going to miss God. Verse 22 For the Jews request a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And this is still happening today. Maybe not Jews and Greeks, but there are some people who need a sign. I want to see a miracle. And they're flocking to churches to get a miracle. And if they don't see a miracle, then they don't believe that God is is real. Or those that are just seeking after wisdom. Hidden wisdom, and that's why they get into divination and witchcraft and astrology and all these different forms of wisdom this earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom because they're just seeking after wisdom, they're not seeking after God. And we've got to be careful because. In this life, uh, all these things are going to be offered to us. There are people that will offer us signs. There are people that offer us wisdom, but we've got to seek after God. We've got to seek after Christ because it's in Christ that all the treasures of wisdom are opened up. Our understanding is opened up in Christ because in him, he's the key to unlocking all the doors that God has and all the stuff that's behind the doors is in Christ. Verse 23 he says but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews (laughs) a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness to the Jews is a stumbling block because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Christ so they crucified him and so for them this is a problem like wait a minute not that that guy couldn't be the Messiah but this but you see how God's wisdom always defies the thinking of men there are things in your life Right. That 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 if you go just based upon the wisdom of men, you'll actually be in opposition to the wisdom of God, because the wisdom of God may break the rules of the wisdom of men. I guarantee the wisdom of men is going to break the rules of the wisdom of God, because the wisdom of men has no idea of what God is doing and they can't have any idea of what God is doing. Let me prove it to you. Uh, first Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. <laughs> you need God in order to understand God. And what that means is that you've got to, first of all, Put your trust and your faith completely in Christ for salvation. Number two, receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, which is the seal and the guarantee and the ability to understand what God is saying. Without the Holy Spirit, you have no idea what God is saying. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Look at what it says. But as it is written, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God, the spirit of wisdom and revelation, a Holy Spirit. That's what we need. In order to understand the message of the cross, the message of Christ crucified. Otherwise, to the Jews is a stumbling block. It's a problem. Like, wait a minute. If he's the Christ, then what did we do? To the Greeks, it's foolishness. Like, why why what what sense does that make? That Jesus dying on a cross somehow pays for my sin? Well, first of all, you've got to believe that there's a God. Second of all, you've got to understand that God is holy and righteous. And there's no way that he could accept sinful man the way that he is. And so God predestined for, before the foundation of the world. He chose us to be holy, blameless, to stand before him in love. And he did that by crucifying Christ That was the way God had the ultimate contingency plan where man was going to make the ultimate mistake. But God, knowing this, not wanting this, but knowing this made a way out, gave man an opportunity to be saved. And you're either going to see it as a stumbling block or foolishness. That's the way all of God's wisdom is. Sometimes in your parenting, God will tell you to do something that for other people, it's a stumbling, stumbling, block or it's foolishness in your marriage. There are things that God is requiring of you that is showing you in scripture that for some people it's going to be a stumbling block to others it's going to be foolishness even the way you run your business for some people they're going to look at what you're doing and it's going to be a stumbling block it's going to be offensive it's going to be a problem for them and others are just going to say that's foolish that's not going to make no money you're going to be broke by doing that and you go and you do what God says to do and your business is successful your marriage is successful your kids grow up to, to, to become a light in a dark world because you did what God said to do because your goal was different from their goal. And that's why earthly or, or sensual or, or human wisdom pales in comparisons to God's wisdom because there's a different goal. There's a different outcome. There's a different purpose. There's a different intention that, 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 that man's wisdom has. Verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. There's no way, no way possible that man's wisdom could stand up to the wisdom of God. Let me read that verse again. Verse 25, first Corinthians chapter one, verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. (laughs) <laughs> not that there is anything about God that's weak. But even the weakness of God, whatever it is, is stronger than the strongest of men. And that's why we've got to trust God as believers. I'm not talking. To, I'm not talking to non-believers. I'm, ta- I'm not talking to people who aren't disciples of Christ. I'm not talking about people who are not Christians. Even these terminologies. Christian. Um, The terminology, wisdom, the terminology, religion, have we ever actually went to the Bible and got a, a definite definition of what God means? Because we are still defining even our Christianity based upon the wisdom of men and not the wisdom of God. One of the things that you will notice is that people have an idea of what you believe and you're not even sure what you believe. So you'll let people's idea of what you believe define what you believe and you'll start saying things to appease pe- people, to make people feel better. Um, it was one of the senators. Uh, I think it was a uh, Bernie um, He was on the panel and and he read out (laughs) that Jesus Christ is the only way that unless you put your trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, you will not be saved. And he asked, isn't that disrespectful to other religions? Now, that is the wisdom of men. See, what God did was God found the only way that he could satisfy the wrath that had to be poured out for sin. He found the only way he worked out an equation and found the answer to this equation. And there was only one answer to this equation. And that answer was the cross. When you think about it in that sense, that God worked hard to come up with an answer and the answer came up to one answer and that answer was the cross. Then that's why Christianity is the only way, because there was only one answer to deal with the sin of all mankind. Oh, God. And this is the kind of thing that we've got to recognize. This is the kind of thing that we've got to grab a hold to. And we've got to understand. That God's wisdom is wiser than men. That what God sees is far beyond what we see. Look at verse 26 For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and these things which are not he chose to bring nothing to nothing the things that are listen God purposely said, I'm going to destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. That people who think that they know everything are going to find out that they know nothing. And the people who will admit that they know nothing, God is going to reveal everything to them. Listen to me. Your life in Christ has to look different than people who are not in Christ. And it starts with the wisdom that you portray, the wisdom that you follow. The understanding of the world around you has to be based off of God's wisdom, not man's wisdom. Verse 29, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him You are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord, that God wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, no flesh would get glory for what he's doing, because no flesh would even understand it that you couldn't have come up with this. You could. And that's the thing about the cross is that no human being could have came up with this ideology that this is so contrary to the way people think that it had to be God that nobody else could come up with this nobody could come up with this narrative even when you see people trying to come up with narratives they can't come up with this they're gonna have to copy this this is so unique this is so one of a kind it this is this is so different from any other way to save mankind it makes sense for mankind to be good and to Do as many nice things as you can to meditate and grow in knowledge. And yeah, that makes sense for man to use as his effort. But for man to put their faith in the death of Christ for the redemption of their sin doesn't make sense. And I thank God that it doesn't, because if it did, the man could explain it away. But man struggles with this. And I need you to know this, that God's wisdom is going to be in conflict with the wisdom of men. Sometimes you're going to talk to people and you're going to say what God is telling you and they're going to shake their head and they're going to make you feel like you're an alien, like you're crazy, like something's wrong with you because that doesn't make sense in their mind and in the way that they think. But that's because I'm focused on the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of men. I'm going to give you this verse and then I'm going to close here. First uh, Corinthians chapter three, verse 18. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. Woo! man, that's so good. In other words, empty out your cup. Pour it all out. Get it all out of your head, all out of your mind, out of your heart and say, Lord, I'm going. To, I'm just going to say I know nothing, so that you can teach me everything. Oh God, thank you. Uh, I'm going. To, I'm going. To, I'm going to give up on what I think I know. Somebody asked me, so what's the what's the point in taking all these training courses and doing all these classes and all these things? Man, they're beautiful. They're wonderful. But what they do is they show you how the world does things. But then when you come to God, you're going to have to let those things go. And it's beautiful because then you see that man. God broke all of their rules and still caused me to succeed because my success was important to his purpose. Mm, God, I thank you. My success is important to his purpose. And so it's not even about me. It's about him. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise that they are futile. (laughs) Therefore, let no one boast in men for all things are yours. Listen, God has opened up wisdom that is beyond this world. And my prayer, my prayer today is that you be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. I pray that this helps you. I pray that you rewind this, that you look at these scriptures, that you look this over, but that you trust the wisdom of God because God is going to break the rules of man's wisdom. I need you to know that God, I need you to know that. And so God bless you. Thank you for listening uh, to this podcast today. I pray that it strengthens you. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that you listen to it over and over again, breaking down these scriptures, because the wisdom of God is just beyond the wisdom of men. It's just just so much greater, so much more powerful. And I want you to really understand that the scriptures that I gave you today, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 through 21. Um, Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 18. Psalms chapter 14. So look at those scriptures. Break them down. Read them. Use your exegetical skills. Make sure you read them in context. Amen. Make sure you let the Bible speak for itself. Don't twist it. Make sure uh, that you understand the then and there so that you can apply it to here and now. God bless you. I pray that this strengthens you and encourages you. Uh, We have so much more to teach. I'm going to keep pouring this thing out. Next week, we're going to talk about the hiddenness of the wisdom of God. There's a hiddenness to it. Um, I touched on it this week, but I want to go deeper into how God hid his wisdom and how he hides his wisdom um, from those who think that they know what's going on. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Continue to support us. Thank you so much. We're full time ministry. And so um, your your support is encouraging. Make sure um, for some of you that want to give a one time gift, maybe you don't want to become a monthly member, a monthly subscriber, a monthly supporter. um, Go to dollar sign a Wilson, 22 dollar sign a Wilson, 22 on your cash app and you can drop a one time donation, uh, it would help us very much. Um, and those of you that are supporting each month, thank you so much. Uh, share this with somebody, share this podcast with someone who's trying to grow in the word, who wants to go deeper in the word. We're going deep. That's my calling. My calling is to dig deeper into the word to help people to understand how to read it in context and to know God in a greater way. God bless you. Remember to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. God bless you.